Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. Most of the time when we look to make improvements in our lives, we look for things that we could add. Maybe we upgrade a car. Maybe we buy that toy we've been thinking about for a while or do something like start traveling more. All of those things could be great. However, I find that when it comes to making those big shifts in our lives that really make a difference, subtraction is often what is needed rather than looking for things to add. Today, we'll talk about how not letting go of things in our past is almost always what is holding us back, how to identify those things and steps you could take to begin to shed them so that you could step into the life that you desire and that you deserve. So buckle up. This is going to be a great episode. Welcome back. A few quick reminders before getting back to the episode. Our private Facebook group is amazing. If you're looking for a great community to help support you in this journey, please go check it out. You can find it by going over to facebook.com slash groups slash sober and happy. I'll also put a link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. You can't get to your future destination if you insist on keeping one foot in the past. This is one of the most common things I tell people in recovery when they tell me they feel stuck. Almost always they're stuck because there is something they are still refusing to let go of. They'll keep adding things to their lives to make themselves feel better. Each time it might provide temporary happiness, but it doesn't bring them to long-term joy because the things they're holding on to are what is blocking them from achieving that. Imagine you have a car you want to make faster. You go to the performance shop, you whip out your credit card and tell them to go to town with any modifications that could make it faster. A few weeks later, they call you and tell you to come pick up your new car. You get in it, you turn on the ignition and you step on the gas pedal, but it doesn't even move. You get frustrated and ask them why your car isn't racing down the road like they told you it would. And they tell you that you have to take the car out of park. But I like my car in park, you tell them. Well, it ain't going to move then, they reply. That is exactly what we're doing when we refuse to let go of something in our life. Usually we are holding on to something out of fear of the perceived losses that will come from letting it go. We often focus so much on what we think it will cost us to let go that we completely lose sight of the reward that will come from our lives on the other side of what is holding us back. I see this all the time when someone is thinking about quitting drinking. Their life could be in complete shambles. They're about to get fired from their job. They're paying thousands in fines from a recent DUI. Their family is about to leave them. And the second they think about quitting drinking, what they think they will lose starts coming up. How will I be able to watch a football game on Sunday without having a beer? Life is going to be so boring if I quit drinking. What will my friends think if I don't drink with them anymore? Really? You're about to lose your damn family and you're more worried about what some guy sitting down at the bar is going to think about you? And I'm not being critical here, as I know I have a pile of excuses that I accumulated over the years that would likely be bigger than Mount Everest. Here's one of the more ridiculous ones I remember. 
I was having a really bad run with my drinking. My truck was repossessed. I was evicted from my apartment. I was crashing on a friend's couch, and I knew I was probably on my final last chance at work. So on a Thursday, I decided Monday was the day. Obviously, I couldn't get sober on a Friday or Saturday because those are drinking nights, and it was football season, so Sunday was off the table, but I could quit on a Monday. So Monday rolls around. I go to work. I successfully make it home without stopping at the liquor store or bar, and I'm pretty proud of myself. I sit on the couch, turn on the TV, and the evening news happens to mention that that day was the anniversary of the repeal of Prohibition. Instantly, my mind said, you can't get sober on the day that they legalized alcohol again. That'll be some kind of jinx on your sobriety. Tomorrow is a better day. And with that one thought, I was out the door and on my way to the bar. Here's the thing. The repeal of prohibition isn't what I was holding on to. The reason that we use to not change isn't the deeper thing that we're actually holding on to. For me, I was holding on to many things around my drinking. One of them was worrying about what my friends would think and whether I would lose them when I quit drinking. People would often tell me, they don't want to hang out with you just because you don't drink. They aren't your real friends anyways. Now that statement is 100% true, which brings up an even deeper fear And that is that I might find out that my friends aren't really my friends. It is my fear of rejection that is holding me back. A fear so strong I would rather continue to burn my life to the ground than potentially be rejected by people who may or may not even be my real friends. I was completely focused on what I thought quitting drinking would cost me rather than looking at the reward that would come. I was listening to Ed Milet's podcast this last week and he said, The price you will pay to become the person you are worthy of becoming is infinitely smaller than the price you will pay if you don't. So when we are looking at the things we struggle to let go of, we spend so much focus on all the perceived losses rather than looking at not only what not letting go is costing us at this current moment, but also the long-term losses if we continue to hold on to something. And here's the thing. For most of us that have been stuck in the grips of addiction for so long, we often struggle to look at things objectively. When we are trying to make a decision, the most common advice is to make a pros and cons list. I think this is great advice. However, it is very common to exaggerate all the potential consequences while also downplaying the positives of changing because most of us can't even get close to seeing our true potential. That is because with any long-term addiction, we're going to continue to lower the bar as our addictions get worse. We'll add to the list of behaviors we find acceptable. Even ones that I said, if I ever do that, I'm going to quit forever, ended up on my list of things that eventually became my norm. We also continuously lower the bar on what our potential is. We'll tell ourselves we're not capable of things. We'll start to accept stories we tell ourselves that we're just not meant for an amazing life. It is a survival technique to be able to live in that state of addiction long term, so this is normal behavior. However, it completely skews our ability to imagine our true potential. So when we are looking at the things that are holding us back, we should still look at the pros and cons. However, we need to dig deep to really analyze that list. We go back to my earlier example of the man about to lose his family who seemed more worried about his drinking buddies. This is very common, so I've seen more than one list like this so I could tell you what it typically looks like. On the con side, I won't have any friends. On the pro side, I want my kids to not think I'm a piece of shit. 
As you can see on the con side, we often will take our story to the worst possible outcome. In this case, all his friends are going to reject and abandon him. They'll probably all sit around the bar every night and talk about what a big loser he is for quitting drinking. They'll tell everybody else to not be friends with him, and he will never be able to make a friend again. And on the pro side, we often completely limit what is possible. He is thinking right now the best he could achieve is his kids simply not hating him. This is where we have to begin to question the stories that we tell. For example, in reality, what will likely happen is the people that he only had drinking in common with naturally will be removed from his life, which will make room to create more authentic, true friendships that have common bonds beyond simply getting drunk together. And what kind of potential does he have as a dad? He could be the dad that at the parent-teacher conference that his kids drag him over to the teacher by his hand, look up at him, look at the teacher smiling, and proudly introduce him. This is my dad. He could be the one that his kids brag about years down the road about how they could always count on their dad no matter what. Yet, most parents in the depths of their addiction I work with only set their capabilities at not being a bad parent. Yet, time after time, I see most of them become absolutely amazing parents with children that look up to them as soon as they let go of the stories that they're telling themselves that are holding them back. We're all capable of so much more than our imagination could even dream up. So I want you to ask yourself, what are you refusing to let go of that is holding you back from being the best version of yourself that you're not only capable, but also very worthy of becoming? What fears are you holding on to that are keeping you from your dreams? What stories do you keep telling yourself that are keeping you stuck? I recently realized that I have a whole list of stories and patterns in my life that were created by past uncomfortable events. These things affect most of my behaviors today. Usually they all start with something happening that I didn't like at the time, my mind saying, I'm not going to let that happen again, me creating a story around that emotion and holding on to that story for dear life to desperately attempt to not feel that uncomfortable emotion again. I've never stopped to question the story or see what I am losing in my desperate attempt to avoid feeling uncomfortable. The thing about stories is they are never about the actual event themselves. We create a story based on the emotion that we felt that was caused by that event. A good example in my life is about dating and relationships. My story is that it was always the same. I find a girl I like, she leaves me, and I'm absolutely heartbroken. So love equals pain, so it's better to remain single. Then there's this little thing called confirmation bias. Once we create a story, we will search for anything that backs up our story and blow off anything that contradicts it. So in my example, I notice every one of my friends that are in a miserable relationship to back my story that love equals pain. I notice every fighting couple, every statistic about high divorce rates, and every celebrity couple that is in some sort of cheating scandal or going through a nasty divorce. You could also have someone on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. The person that equates being single with loneliness and telling themselves a story that there is nothing worse than being alone. This person will stay in a toxic relationship with someone that treats them horribly because they're telling themselves a story that it is better to be treated shitty than being alone. In both extremes, you will see it isn't about the event or the story. It is about the underlying emotion. We're both trying to avoid the pain we have experienced in the past. 
we're focused on the temporary cost of letting go of that story and not seeing the actual cost of staying where we are. In neither case are we avoiding the pain. I was not avoiding being rejected by staying single. I simply was rejecting myself before others could reject me. In the example of the person staying in a toxic relationship, they're not avoiding loneliness because being in a relationship like that is usually more lonely than actually being alone. In both cases, we're robbing ourselves of the potential of finding an amazing, healthy, loving relationship, all because we can't let go of our stories. So I ask yourself, what stories have you been telling yourself that are holding you back? I want you to challenge the validity of those stories. Look at the meaning that you have been assigning to them. I want you to dive deep into the cost of you not letting go of them. If you want to take this challenge to the next level, find a friend to tell them to. You'll be amazed how quickly your perspective will change just by saying these things out loud to another person and then getting their view on it will help you see the reality better. The last and probably biggest obstacle most of us face to moving to our fullest potential is our old beliefs that we're not willing to let go of. The quickest way I've found to identify this is to look for the words already or always in any of my thoughts or statements. For example, I have already tried that. I already know that. I've always been this way. I've always done it this way before. All of those statements can be translated into, I don't want to change. I get it. Change is scary and we'll do anything to resist it. All change comes with a cost and it definitely comes with uncertainty, but life is uncertain and there isn't much we can do to avoid that. But rather than focusing on the cost of letting go, we have to ask ourselves whether it'll be worth it when we achieve the things that we want in life that only come after letting go of what's holding us back. I've spent most of my life trying to put everything in place to ensure that everything goes exactly like I think it should, only to find out that A, it never does, and B, 99% of the things I spend so much energy worrying about and trying to avoid never ends up happening anyways. My biggest fear today is that on my deathbed, I realize that I may have ruined my one beautiful opportunity on this earth because I assign too much value to and refuse to let go of things that really don't matter. Then I let fear dictate my entire existence and create my identity. I could only seize that opportunity of living an amazing life by letting go of the things that are holding me back. What are those things for you? Is it a person in your life that is holding you back that you need to let go of? Is it an old belief that you're still holding on to because you're afraid to challenge that belief? Is it a fear that you're unwilling to face because of the stories you have created to try to avoid that fear? Is it a memory that you can't let go of that is keeping you in your past? Identify those things, critically look at the cost of not letting go, use your imagination to imagine the great possibilities ahead, and ask yourself if the cost of change is worth it to achieve the life that you are capable and completely worthy of living. Like I said in the beginning, you can't get to your future destination if you insist on keeping one foot in the past. So take your car out of park and enjoy the beautiful drive towards your amazing destination ahead of you. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm hoping you're enjoying my podcast. If you're finding it impactful, all I ask is that you share it with one other person you think might also find it impactful. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening and keep living sober and happy.